0: that uh, through a veil thinly um, we have just spent time in the throne room of heaven worshiping our God think about that we just spent time in the presence says that the Holy Spirit leads us in worship how incredible is that this morning to worship the Lord to be led by Him we've been in His presence praise the Lord Chris, I wish you hadn't quit. I was kind of enjoying that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus calms the storm, doesn't he? Jesus calms the storm. If I could take you to Israel, the country, to the Sea of Galilee, just to set the scene of where we're at this morning, the Sea of Galilee that's in the northern part of the country the Jordan River runs to it, through it and then on to the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee is one of the lowest points on earth it's not covered by water and actually it's a lake, but around it the level of the lake is about 700 feet below sea level the only lake in the world lower than it is the Dead Sea, which it then flows into. It's a very low point. And it creates some weather patterns in that area. But it also sets the scene for where Jesus did most of his ministry in that area. And that's where we're at this morning. In fact, if I could take you there, we're with Jesus And his disciples. And when I say disciples this morning, I'm not talking about just the 12 disciples. For there were times when Jesus sent as many of 70 as his disciples out uh, to go and minister and then come back. And so we're talking about a larger group than just 12 this morning, as we'll see. If you would turn with me this morning to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 35 through 41. Jesus has been busy. He's got three and a half years to teach his uh, disciples, to kick off his ministry. He's well aware of that. He knows the time frame. He knows where he's headed and what's going to happen. And he's busy. And We find him here with his disciples on the seashore. The crowds are so large that he's almost been pushed into the sea. He's ended up on a boat out in the sea. And now we're at the end of the day. And here's where we find. Would you stand with me as we read Mark chapter 4, verses 5, or 35 through 41. 35 says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. So that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to worship you. God, we thank you for the worship time, the way we felt your Holy Spirit here this morning in the first service and now in the second God, we pray that you would, uh, you would have your way in this service. God, you would speak to who needs to be spoken to. God, that your word would go out and not come back void. God, that you would take these stammering lips and you would use them. God, you would open the hearts and the minds and the souls, the ears of those that hear this morning. We'd not leave the same way we came back, came in. God, we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. For We ask it in Jesus' name, our Savior, Jesus' name, that powerful name the name that can do all things. We'll give you the honor and the praise for that. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus was a man. Jesus was all man. As we can see this, after a full day of teaching, he was wore out. He was tired. He needed some rest. And yet, from the events that had happened earlier in the day through What happens here, we can see that he was God. He was all God. He was all man. He was all God. He experienced the fatigue from ministry that we as human beings face. If you're here and tired this morning, Jesus felt that. He was beyond weary. He was so tired that he could crawl and sleep. He could crawl in the back of a boat and sleep through a storm. He was at peace. He understood. He had been ministering. He'd given everything he had. He knew he had just a certain amount of time. But here's what's amazing when we look at this story and what went down and what happened, it's odd to understand that Jesus is the one that suggested this trip across the Sea of Galilee. It was his idea. He said, Let's go to the other side. He knew what was coming. You see, Jesus created that storm. He knew what was fixing to happen. He knew how it was going to go down. So they load up in all of these boats. There were several boats, not just one, but there were many boats, it says. And they headed across the Sea of Galilee. And as they head across the sea, suddenly a storm kicks up. And if you were going to study the Sea of Galilee, it's known for these quick storms coming up because it's so low, the mountains that surround it, the winds come down and off of it and create huge storms very quickly. As you had some experienced fishermen that lived on that lake, that, that sea, so they were aware of what could happen and yet they had followed Jesus and they were out. Now they're out, the storm begins And they're too far from the shore. They can't row back. It's not easy to get across. I can only imagine as the waves start to go up and down, and they look over and they can see just the sail of the boat that was next to them because it's down in a a wave. And then it's up, and they're looking around as things begin to get rough. They would have been a boat. Um, Typically, those boats would hold anywhere from 8 to 15 people. They weren't huge ships, but they were fishing vessels. And that's what these men would have had and that's what they would have been in as they headed across the lake. And now a storm has come up and things are getting a little dangerous. I've never been in anything like that in my life. Um, I can't swim, so I'm smart enough to stay on dry land most of the time. I enjoy going out in a boat, uh, but I'm not getting on skis. That's too far from the boat. (laughs) I'm not doing that. But... I remember a few years ago at my house. You were most of you I would say have experienced one of those Kansas spring storms where it doesn't rain, but like it comes in sheets and it just keeps coming. And one of those happened one night at my house, the local area, and the water came, and the water came, and it just wouldn't stop. And somewhere around midnight, things begin to get serious at my house. I heard my sump pump run. The problem was, it didn't run and shut off. It ran and continued to run. It wasn't stopping. And I went downstairs to check it out and discovered we had a a finished basement. There was a pit outside that you could go up into the yard, and that pit had a sump pump, and that sump pump had quit. And now one sump pump was supposed to handle what two did. And it was running. It was running nonstop. But the problem was the hole that the pit was in was filling up with water to the point you couldn't hear water running in anymore. And that's why it wasn't shutting off. And it continued to fill, and I'm watching my sump pump, and it's losing the race. And the water levels are getting higher and higher. And I can see the water starting to stand out in my pit. And if you're familiar with sump pumps, usually around sump pumps there's a a flat area that is about an inch lower. It's about a six or eight foot square. And the water hit the top of the sump pump and it began to spill into that, and I knew we were in trouble. And I called my son and my wife down, and it was time to get serious. We began to grab five-gallon buckets, and we, were, we had a Tupperware pitcher, and we were pumping that thing full and running out the back door and dumping them into the yard for three hours, nonstop. There weren't breaks. There was nobody to call. Everybody else was either in bed or dealing with the same thing we were. And it was run, dump it over into the yard, and run back in, and somebody else is passing you going out with five-gallon buckets. And we worked and worked and worked and i just wondered if it would ever stop and finally the rain did let up and dropped to a sprinkle but the water kept coming it was already on the ground and for hours we bailed water i can remember when finally we realized that the water level might be dropping a little bit after 3 hours of bailing water i mean it wasn't time to be tired it tire didn't matter. You just grabbed the next bucket and win. And out the door, stepped into three or four inches of water and dumped water out and back in. And I remember that finally the sump pump—it's been running all this time. Fortunately, we never lost electricity. I'd have really lost that battle. Finally, the water starts to drop just a little bit, and then finally it gets down into the sump pump hole. And it gets down enough that you can actually hear the water running in there. But my sump pump's still running. It hasn't stopped yet. And then eventually, somewhere early in the morning, it would shut off for like five seconds. And then it would pump again. And it went on like this. And slowly, slowly, those times went a little bit longer. And eventually, we won that battle. And we were able to quit bailing water and... It got back to fairly normal. But what a night. And that's my experience. I can only imagine what these fishermen in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, as the waves are up here and then they're down here, and they're coming over the side of the boat, and somebody grabs a bucket and begins to bail. They're grabbing whatever they've got. If it's dishes, maybe it's their hands. All of them are bailing water. This is a life and death situation. Okay, my basement would have flooded. It would have been terrible. These guys are talking about losing their lives. That's what they thought was going to happen. And as they bail water, I don't know if it was for hours, but I bet it wasn't for just a little while. Things are getting wild. Things are getting crazy. And they're bailing water for everything they've got. And next thing you know, they're standing knee-deep in the middle of this boat, bailing water. And they're not gaining. It was gonna, they're going to die. They're in the middle of the lake. There's no help whatsoever. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. What in the world? Would you have been angry? Because they were. They're giving everything they've got to save their lives. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. As I look around this morning, I'll guarantee you, I wouldn't probably have to go through the first two or three pews starting anywhere in here. And I'd come across somebody who's bailing water, just trying to survive, Maybe it's your family that's falling apart. You're trying to hold it together. You're giving it everything you've got, but things are happening and you can't fix it. You're bailing water as fast as you can. You can't do anything about it. It's getting ahead of you. It's overwhelming you. Maybe it's financial. Financial. Maybe the bills are coming in faster than you can pay them. And one flat tire, and you're done. One last thing. You're giving it everything you got. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. You're bailing. You're giving it everything you've got. Maybe it's mental. Maybe the devil's attacking you. Maybe he's after you. Maybe he's just trying to, maybe it's your job. They're trying to destroy you. The devil wants you. He's after you. You're you're giving everything you got. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. And the disciples had had all they could take. And they said, Jesus, don't you even care? We're going to die. Is that what you're doing this morning? Are you mad at him? Why is he letting this happen to me? Why is he let this happen to me? Why? Is that where you're at this morning? Where are you at in your storm? What is your storm? Are you bailing water for everything you've got? You see, there was a psalm that they would have had. David wrote the psalms. We quoted one this morning. There was a psalm that they had. They would have had them. The 23rd psalm. There's a verse in there that says, though i walk through the shadow of death. They'd forgotten about that one. They're too busy bailing water. And let me tell you something. In life, we can get so busy just trying to take care of what we have to take care of, that we forget to cry out. We forget the promises. We forget what has been given to us, what has been given for us. Though I walk through the shadow of death, they totally forgot it. The disciples were frantic. And you would be standing knee-deep in water in a sinking boat. And now they've gone after Jesus. Jesus, don't you even care? And I find it incredible that Jesus, who was in control, by the way, you see, he suggested they take this trip. And why could he sleep through it? I'll tell you why he could sleep through it. He created the wind that was blowing. He created the sea that was roaring. He created the things, the elements that seemed to be the problem you see jesus was there when all of that was created and he just happened to be in control he didn't need to be worried about it so he went to sleep you see his body needed some rest he was in control his power is not challenged ever jesus is in control It doesn't even say that Jesus got up. Nowhere does it say he stood up. I've seen pictures of him standing on the end of the boat with his arms out. It doesn't say that he did that. It just simply says that he woke up and he told the wind to calm down and the seas to calm down. Why? He was in control of those elements. He created them. When the storm rages close to you, the closer you get to Jesus, the calmer it is. I want you to think about that. When the storm rages, when things are bad, when things couldn't be worse, the closer you are to Jesus, the calmer they are. The calmer things are. And what's odd is, They were in the boat with him, but they were a long ways from him. They were not in tune with what Jesus had going on. Jesus calmed the seas, and then he began to challenge their faith. Jesus calmed the seas, and when he calmed it, it wasn't just that they were calm. The wind quit blowing, and it says that the water became calm. I don't even think there were waves slapping against the side of the boat any longer. It was like glass. It went from as stormy as it could be to as calm as it could be because Jesus doesn't do things halfway. When he handles a situation, it is handled. He may move slower than you want him to, but when he moves, he moves all the way. Those storms that rage around us, Remind me what we are capable of, of being like the little boy who is facing the bully. And he's scared to death. He's fixing to get crushed until his big brother or his daddy walks around the corner and then he's tough. Kind of reminds me of the little Chihuahua dogs, right? That, uh, they're scared and running until they feel tough. You know, they've got backup. And that's what we are. We'll be scared in life. We'll be scared to death until we realize that Jesus is in control and we can live fearless. We never know how much or how little faith we have. You wonder why we go through storms? It's to prove to us how much faith we have, to reveal it, to grow us. You'll never know how much faith you have until you face storms. And if you're a storm right now, Understand that God is testing you to show you how much faith you have or don't have, to reveal it to you. Storms will reveal to you whether or not you're living by fear or by faith. Which are you living by? Only well, you know this morning. When Jesus spoke, there was a complete calm. The wind. And the sea laid completely down. And then he turned to his disciples. I don't think it took a long time. When Jesus said it, it happened. And then he turned to his disciples. The disciples who probably within the last minute had been angry at him, and been crying out at him, Jesus, don't you even care? And now he's completely Turn the situation around. They won't even be able to catch a breeze in the sail to sail to the other side. They're going to have to row now. It's that calm. Why? Because Jesus is in control. He told the wind to lay down and it'll lay down until he tells it to get back up. And the same thing will happen in our lives if we'll let it. He asked them, Why are you so afraid? And now they're probably wondering the same thing. Why are we so afraid? Look what Jesus just did. But a moment or two before, in the middle of it, while they're bailing water and think they're dying, they're crying out at Jesus. What if they had stopped bailing? And this is what I want to suggest to you this morning. I'm not telling you to quit doing what you're doing to give up. But what if you took time to cry out and to pray and to ask God? Maybe you are. I pray that you are. But if you're not, the answer is there. The answer is on the way. Jesus is not slacking his promises. And the answer is coming. If you'll take time, to get away from your busy schedule just a little bit. Get away from the problem and cry out and spend time with Jesus. Not accusing Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to think about the good things He has done for you and that He is doing for you. Begin to realize what God is really doing in our lives. I'm watching in lives right now here in the church. God is doing some incredible things. He is moving in amazing ways. But will we give in to the storms short of the miracle? Or will we stay with Him, begin to praise Him, begin to allow Him to work and do even more things? He said when He left, they are talking about the things that Jesus had done. Through the Holy Spirit coming, we would see greater things done. Are you putting yourself in a place to experience that? Or are you so angry about what you're dealing with right now that you can't even praise Him you can't worship Him you can't cry out to Him Jesus I need you or are you saying Jesus it's your fault Jesus how could you let this happen to me when none of us have received what we deserved not one of us have received what we deserved Chris if you would come Have you still no faith, he asked them. Are you trusting Jesus in your storm? Are you trusting Jesus in your storm? Or are you accusing him of not caring? If you're not trusting him, you can change that this morning. That can change this morning. If I'm talking to you this morning, it's on purpose. I don't know your situation. God's the one that put put this on my heart. To chair and he knew you were going to be here this morning this sermon is for you this sermon is for each and every one of us but I suspect that there's at least one or two people in here it was for I don't know who but I think that God laid this on my heart for a reason don't quit bailing but don't choose him cry out to him and ask him praise him and worship him trust Him, cry out to Him, believe, and be saved. Jesus can bring calm in the middle of your storm. He doesn't always stop the storm, but the closer you get to Him, the calmer it is. He is the eye of the storm. We can live life fearless.